Well, good morning and welcome. And as I always say, it is good to be together. And as I always say how good it is to be together, I follow that up by sending some of them away. So if you are one of our young ones and can still fit into one of those tiny chairs. For the rest of us, let me invite us this morning to turn to Safer Schmote. Are you with me? The Book of Names. Sound familiar? If not, you can go back and listen to last week's message, iTunes or, or from the website. What we like to call Exodus. If you're grabbing a few Bible, page 43 will be helpful. The words will be on the screen behind me. We are continuing today working our way through the Torah, right? The first five books of our Bible. Taking it Parsha by Parsha. Working our way through what I have been calling the Jesus backstory. Jesus, we read in Matthew, Jesus is the fulfillment of the whole of the Torah. And today we pick it up in Parsha Vaera. Not to be confused with Vaera, which is Genesis 18. Which also, which means he appeared. Here, Vaera, I appeared. Travels from Exodus chapter 6 and verse 2 down through 9 and 35, all the way through the end of chapter 9, and follows, as we saw last week, the death of an entire generation of Israelites, the incoming of a new king, a new pharaoh to Egypt, the birth of Moses, the subsequent fleeing to Midian. Moses flees to Midian, flees for his life. And at this particular point now, Moses and his brother Aaron have returned to to Egypt. God has sent them back to Egypt to lead the people out of bondage. And so today we come to the era and what gathers up really the first seven of the ten plagues used to, we could say, motivate Pharaoh to release the Israelites, to set the Israelites free from their, their bondage. But in fact, that does not happen at this point. That's not to say that it doesn't happen, but at this particular point, that does not happen. In fact, in reality, life gets a whole lot more difficult. Life gets a a lot more harsh, and we could even say painful. Now, you're welcome to go and read Parsha Vayra on your own. For today, I just really want to pick up the first few verses, probably the first little section, because I think it's here again, and kind of in the same way that we saw last week. It's here that in the midst of all kinds of pain and struggle, it's in this moment that we we hear God sharing his heart. That God shares his heart with us. And so this is God speaking, Sefer Shemot, Parsha Vayra, the book of Exodus, picking it up at 6 and 2. We read, God also said to Moses, I am the Lord. And then it says, I appeared, Vera in Hebrew. I, God, appeared to, it says, Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob as God Almighty. But by my name, the Lord, I did not make myself fully known to them. And then he goes on to say, not only did I appear, but he says, I also established my covenant with them to give them the land of Canaan where they resided as foreigners. And then we read this word, moreover, 
moreover, in the Hebrew, carries a sense of culmination. So think of this as the climax. This is the, the pinnacle. This, this, is the, this is the peak, the high point. And what is that? God says, verse 5, I have heard the groaning of the Israelites whom the Egyptians are enslaving. And so again, we can think again back to last week, right? This, this idea of enslavement, this, this oppression by forced labor, right? And the injustice, right? There's no affection. There's, there's no love, right? It's in, it's in that moment when maybe things seem the, the darkest, when life seems most hopeless. And it's in that moment God says, I hear you and I remember. I hear you and I remember. And in, in, kind of in the same way as we saw again last week, in the same way that God steps in and he, and, and he shares his heart and he says, you matter. Right? He, sa- he says, you are, you are precious to me. Right? He, he, sa- he, says, he says, I love you. He knows your name. Right? Look up at the sky and count the stars. Right? He takes out the stars according to their number and all of them he calls by name, right? Again, signs of affection, signs of, of love. And because that is true here in Parsha of the Era, he says, because that is, is true, I want you to know that, that I hear you, right? That, that I hear your ache. I hear your suffering. I hear you, even, even when you can't put words to it, right? He says, I hear your, your groaning, Verse 6, therefore say to the Israelites, I am the Lord and I will bring you out. And this is interesting. There's four things that happen here. He says, I will bring you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians. I will free you from being slaves to them and I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with mighty acts. And then he says, I will take you as my own people and I will be your God. Again, God is sharing his, his heart. He says, he says, I will bring you out. I will free you. I will redeem you. I will take you, take you as my own. What in Judaism is known as the four expressions of redemption. And interesting, and save this for a little bit later, it coincides with the Passover meal, the Seder, and the, the drinking of four cups of wine, symbolizing these four expressions of redemption. Now, with that, we also find added significance, again, in the same way that we did last week, in the form of repetition. Remember that in Judaism, repetition is, is an expression of, of significance. From Rabbi Shmuley Yanklowitz, he says, repetition is one of the most powerful Jewish tools. And then he says, we learn this lesson repeatedly. And so, as, as it was last week, it is again today, right? The repetition of this passage that we have here, right? Looking back to Parsha Shmo, we see the same language from Exodus, Exodus 3 and 7. It says, the Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. And it says, I've heard them crying out. Think of crying out here as the, as the outward expression of the inward groaning because of their slave drivers. And I'm concerned about their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land into a good and spacious land. It's the same type of language, a land flowing with milk and honey, the home of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites. And now, 
And notice here, and now the cry of the Israelites has reached me, and I have seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. But not only do we find the repetition here, we also find it in Exodus 2, still in Parsha Shemot. Here it is again, during that long period, the king of Egypt died. The Israelites groaned in their slavery and cried out. They groaned and they cried out. Their cry for help because of their slavery went up to God. And then verse 25, God heard their groaning. And again, he remembered. And so again, in a a way similar to, to last week, right here today, God sharing his heart. In that sharing of his heart, God says, I I hear you. I hear you. I hear your groaning. I hear your cry. I hear your ache. I hear your, your suffering. When you can't put words to it, and when you can. Right? It's in the midst of when life seems the darkest, when when life feels the most hopeless, God says, I, I hear and I remember. Right? I hear your, your groaning. I hear your cry. In, in a sense, we could say whatever it is that you are facing today, whatever is before you, whatever is your ache, your suffering, your hurt, your pain, God says, I hear. I hear you. And he says, I will bring you out. I will free you. I will redeem you. I will take you as my own. And it is that heart of God found in the backstory that flows in and through the life of Jesus, perhaps nowhere more noted than in the story of the blind man probably is familiar to many of you, Bartimaeus, the blind man. It's a story actually found in all three of the synoptic gospels in in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Mark is the only one where this particular blind man is named. In Matthew, it's two blind men. In Luke, it's an unnamed blind man. Here, the significance is that he is named, that Jesus calls him by his name. Mark's Gospel, chapter 10, and dropping down to verse 46, we read, Then they came to Jericho. Noting Jesus, he has been up and in and all over around the region of Galilee. He is now heading. It's getting toward the end. He's heading toward Jerusalem, Jesus, his disciples, and this very large crowd. We think it could be hundreds and hundreds of thousands, upwards even maybe up to two million And they're heading to Jerusalem, specifically for the Passover, right? Specifically for the Passover meal. And again, we can think Seder. And again, we can think the four cups of wine. We can think of the expression, the four expressions of redemption, in a sense, kind of tying these two stories, Exodus and the Gospel of Mark, Bartimaeus, the blind man, tying these two stories together. And in that sense, then, with these two kind of stories together, it continues on, right? That that they've come to Jericho, and as Jesus and his disciples, together with the large crowd, are now leaving this city, it says, again, heading toward Jerusalem, heading on that annual gathering. And it says, a blind man, Bartimaeus, 
which means son of Timaeus, which is sort of redundant because bar Timaeus, bar son means son of Timaeus, and so it's sort of a repeat, but I guess repetition speaks for something. That's probably a whole nother sermon around Bartimaeus. In fact, there's a great discussion about whether it was an actual name or just a name that refers back to one of, I think it was Plato's disciples who was named Timaeus anyway, another time. So here is Jesus, his disciples. There's this great crowd. They're actually on traveling now the last 15 miles to Jerusalem, the 4,000 foot climb. And it says, sitting by the roadside begging is a blind man. Right, this blind man by the name of Bartimaeus. But what's interesting is this phrase or this statement, sitting by the roadside, which really carries a double meaning. On the one hand, it's literal. Bartimaeus is sitting by the roadside. There's the road and he's sitting by the side of it. That statement also carries this idea of compare and contrast. And so maybe in the same way that maybe we have the Israelites and we have the Egyptians, here we have Bartimaeus and we have the large crowd. And it's really by sitting by the roadside, sitting by the roadside is telling us that Bartimaeus isn't one of them. Right? He's, not, he's not like them. He's other than. He's different. Right? There's also a connection here too because Bartimaeus, we could say, has an ache. Right? He has a struggle. He has, he has a pain. He has, he has a hurt. He's sitting by, and then notice verse 47, when he heard, when he, Bartimaeus, heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, it says he began to shout. That's from the Greek word phrazo, and it literally means to cry out. And so here we have him crying out, right? In the same way, that the Israelites were crying out. Here we have Bartimaeus, he's, he's crying out. In fact, and don't quote me on this part, but I think that Krazo here is the Greek word that is used to translate the Hebrew in the Septuagint translation. And so this would be the word that is used in Exodus. In other words, as it was for the Israelites, right? So it is for, for Bartimaeus, right? And I wonder, perhaps Bartimaeus, he knew the Exodus story. Perhaps Bartimaeus knew, knew the heart of God. And so Bartimaeus, as did the Israelites, we read he is crying out. It says to Jesus, crying out for mercy. Verse 48, many rebuked him, told him to be quiet, but he cried out even more. Which is interesting because, again, here we have another sort of repetition Right, adding, adding significance to this crying out. And then it says, Jesus stopped and said, call him, phoneo, in the Greek. And that can be translated to call him. Interesting, it can also be translated to name him. And so I wonder, this could be translated to say, Jesus stopped and said, call him by his name. Call him by his name. Right, look up at the sky and count the stars. Right, you matter, you are precious to God. He knows, he knows your name. And so they called to the blind man, cheer up on your feet. He is calling you, he is calling you by your name. Just like he calls the stars by name, right? Bartimaeus, he is calling you by your name. 
Verse 50, throwing, throwing his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet and came to Jesus. What do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked him. The blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. Go, said Jesus, your faith has healed you. Immediately he, Bartimaeus, received his sight and followed Jesus on the way. Right, this is Sefer Shmot, Parsha Veira. Right, this is the Exodus story. Right, this is the heart of God flowing in and through the very life of Jesus. Right, I have heard the groaning, the crying out of the Israelites whom the Egyptians are enslaving. He heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth. He began to cry out. Many rebuked him told him to be quiet. And yet it is in that moment, right, when life seems the darkest, when life seems the, the most hopeless, it's in that moment that God says, I hear you and I remember. I hear your cry. I will bring you out. I will free you. I will redeem you. I will take you as my own. It's in the midst of those moments, right, when life seems when life seems overwhelming, when life feels feels like it's filled with ache and and suffering. It's in that very moment, right, that Jesus says, "I hear your cry," and he stops and he calls you by your name. Right, I will bring you out, free you, redeem you, and take you as my own. All of which leads to you and me right here today. And maybe the, the appropriate question to ask is, what is the cry of your heart and mine? Exodus, Jesus, the invitation is to bring the cry of your heart. And so what is the cry of your heart? What is that ache? What is that pain? What is that hurt? What is that suffering? It's in both these stories, both in Exodus and here in Mark, that it begins there. It begins with the, with the crying out, right? The invitation to, to cry out. And then notice from there, Jesus, he hears the cry and then he asks, what do you want me to do for you? What do you want me to do for you? And I, I don't know about you, but I think that can often be one of the most difficult questions. And what do you want? It's often hard to ask for what we want. But here is Jesus saying, what do you want? Right, and you're crying out, what is it you want me to do? And so the question for us is, is not only what is the cry of your heart, but, but what do you want Jesus to do for you? And then in that space, what would it look like to trust in God's heart? 
What would it look like to trust in God's heart for you? What would it look like to trust in God's best for you? It's interesting for Bartimaeus, we read the words, immediately he received his sight, and that can happen. And yet we know the story of the Israelites, right? It was a long journey. It was 40 years. Right? It was 40 years of, 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 we're not sure where we're going. It was 40 years of leaning into the unknown. It was 40 years of not, not seeing the way forward. What would it look like to trust in God's heart for you? To trust that, that I will bring you out, that I will free you, I will redeem you. I will take you as my own. And then with that, as always, to consider... Consider, do we hear the cry of those around us? Do we hear the cry of those around us? The hurting, the suffering, the oppressed, the troubled. Maybe like Bartimaeus, it's the outcast, the one pushed to the margins, right? When life seems darkest, when life seems the most hopeless, do we hear the cry of those around us? And then maybe more than that, you know, the text tells us that Jesus, he stopped. That can be translated stood still. Meaning whatever else was going on, and we know Jesus had things to do, had places to go. But it was about the people. Right? And in the midst of, of, of all that was going on, it says Jesus stopped. Right, He stood still. In effect, he turned his attention and we read, he called him by name. In other words, he made a connection. Right, what or who needs me to stop, to connect, and to offer compassion? Right? Do we hear the cry of those around us? And, and in that, who needs me to stop, to, to stand still, to connect, and op- offer a hand of, of compassion? The era I got appeared. I hear your groaning. I hear your crying out. Therefore, I will bring you out. I will free you. I will redeem you. I will take you as my own.